Welcome to Web37. I'm Erica Lee, the NFT editor for 137PM. We want to highlight and help you get to know up-and-comers in the Web3 space. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Web37. I'm joined by Ezra, our wonderful, wonderful co-host for today. Ezra, how are we doing? Doing pretty good. Just before this, I was jamming out to some Kendrick Lamar, some old school 2017, um, and his new stuff. So, so the vibes are good. Um, ready to talk about some NFTs today. Love it. Love it. What do we got? So we have a list of things that we're going to talk about today around our, um, these are all from our daily roundup, which I believe we'll get up soon for today as well. Um, these are kind of like the biggest stories, most interesting stories that we found uh, that happened in Web3 recently. So the first thing we'll talk about is Tencent Global suspends NFT sales. Now, if you haven't heard of Tencent, it's a tech conglomerate in China. These, this company owns so many companies. Uh, on the Wikipedia article, they, uh, it mentions that their sus- subsidiaries are miniclip.com, which was a large part of my childhood playing uh, miniclip in like computer class. They also own a stake in Riot Games, which did League of Legends. And they also uh, have Supercell, which did Clash of Clans and Clash Royale. So this company um, has, a, has a platform called Huawei that released NFTs early last year. And they just announced that they are no longer going to serve NFTs due to regula- regulatory um, reasons in China. So the holders of the NFTs can still request a refund, they can still view their NFTs, but they're no longer minting new NFTs on that platform because of the regulatory issues. So this is another um, example of Web3 being a decentralized space, but still having to abide by the country's rules that they are within because it is still a business. You know, everything's open source, the blockchain is open source, we can see all that data. Um, But companies, you know, they're at risk of being uh, having action taken against them if they don't abide by the country's rules. So this is just an example that we're seeing. Um, and I'm not too familiar uh, with the topic outside of that. And I'm not going to get into Chinese regulatory issues because that's not a topic that I know too much about. But that just was announced earlier this week. So I, I, I never uh, I'm not personally affected by this. Uh, but I know that Erica, who couldn't make it today, um, watches one of their TV shows that they host on there. <laughs> yep. She immediately knew what we were talking about when we said Tencent. So, um, yeah, super interesting. I mean, you know, what what do you think about companies, you know, having to abide by the rules? Like, not maybe they're just waiting for more clear rules on the NFTs before they make more. And they're just kind of putting the brakes on it, you know? Yeah, look, I mean, there's a lot to unpack with it. Ultimately, I think there's, you know, a lot of complexities that are being worked out at the moment in terms of, you know, what, uh, what you can and can't do. Um, but I think, you know, with recent events at its core, there's, there's some elemental things about the blockchain and, and, um, you're starting to see that split between, um, you know, consumer organization, you know, governmental organizations, what have you taking actions against certain things and, you're going to start to see it, it sift out of what they actually can and cannot um, take action against, um, you know, and I think that this will allow for more clarity in and around uh, what innovations will 
um, rise to the top and, and which ones will, you know, subside due to lack of clarity or lack of, um, you know, overall uh, resources and lobbying. Yeah, there was an early conversation and I wasn't around during this time uh, in like 2012 or 2013, where it wasn't people weren't even sure if Bitcoin was going to be legal because it was a totally different currency outside of the U.S. dollar. And it ended up becoming like unofficially legal and okay to use that tender. So that was less than 10 years ago. People weren't sure that they could even use Bitcoin. And now comes along Ethereum and other blockchains that allow even more complex innovation and nuances of ownership. And the the rules are being written, at least in America, where they're kind of having these outlines. And once the guidelines and outlines are um, put in place, then businesses can really start to understand, okay, these are the rules. We can play within these boundaries and start to make, um, you know, products that, that they want to see happen. And this has to do kind of with our next story where Premint, which is an allow list platform, they are requiring KYC for creators to use their platform for allow list. So they're starting the rollout pretty slow. Um, their tweet that they tweeted August 11th, this was early last week, to keep collectors safe, Premium is now requiring all creators to KYC before making allow list offers to the collector pass community. We're testing how this goes and might roll it out to all projects, uh, at least optionally at first. So they're taking a slow roll into this KYC um, requirement. And when we first talked about this in one of our meetings, I thought it was because they were they might become an onboard or an offboard for converting crypto over to USD. Because every exchange that we see, Coinbase, Robinhood, they require you to submit your ID, your social security number, because it ends up going into um, the tax documents. But you had kind of a different idea about why they might be doing KYC. Uh, do you want to share what your thought is here? Sure thing. Yeah, I think really what it comes down to is as of late, there's been a lot of, um, you know, these free mints and what have you that are that are going on. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of also just a a lot of uh, founders that are trying to escape scot free from, you know, rugging a lot of these different projects. And I think what they're trying to prevent is um, more of that exploitation happening um, in and around, you know, these projects that are just like popping up. Um, I think it's definitely like, that's really how I took it. Um, but I think we definitely took the news a little, it, certainly very, uh, very differently for sure. Yeah. And the, the KYC, it, it seems like they're looking for accountability for projects that are taking advantage of people that want to mint. And, and taking NFTs from their wallet or setting um, expectations that they can't meet or purposely just say so that the price goes up. So this is, you know, in a, an anonymous community like NFTs where you don't have to put your name to your wallet. You choose to do that and you choose to tie your real identity towards it. It kind of offers this gray zone for no one to for everyone to stay anonymous, really. And early on in like when I joined in like 2017, 2018, the whole thing was to keep your identity separate from crypto. That was kind of the ethos of the OGs that I was learning from was this is this new currency. It's this new thing. It's aside from the everyday lives that we live. So let's keep those separate. But now with the NFT projects being, you know, so many more coming out, anyone can make them. And we've seen some shady stuff. So 
for for Premit to take the stance and say we're going to do KYC to hold users of the platform accountable, that does add a little bit of legitimacy to the the projects that use that platform and the, for the for the holders, you know, they're they might be more akin to research a little bit deeper into this project and think, okay, they have kind of this mark, almost like a check mark with Twitter where you get verified. Uh, a project on Premit, okay, they're putting their reputation on here and they're less likely to rug. Not saying that they won't, you know, everyone, it's a free market, people decide what they do or they have plans to execute and they just can't do it. I think there's so many different definitions of a rug and not all of them are fair. Nonetheless, this is kind of like a verification stamp oh, we use Premint for the allow list, we have KYC, we're putting our reputation on the line. So it's, it's cool to see, you know, it's, uh, it is moving the space forward and, and allowing people to vet projects. So it's, um, it's, it's pretty good. Glad it's a to good see thing. That. Net, net good thing, for sure. What do we got next? I do want to remind everyone in the audience, we will have, um, Anyone who wants to request to come up, this is a community hangout. We got a couple of stories we'll talk about here for, you know, maybe 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And then um, anyone's welcome to request and come up and just kind of hang out and chat. You know, uh, we pick your brains, you pick ours, talk about what's going on. Um, that's totally what this space is for. So just want to put that out there. So the Ethereum merge. This is a topic that a lot of people, if you've been on Twitter, on crypto Twitter, um, in the last week or so, you've probably heard about the Ethereum merge. And... I was actually just um, talking to some former coworkers, um, Jake and Reed, who were our summer uh, residents. They were asking about the merge. So I figured it'd be good to talk here. So the merge is part of a multi-step process to move Ethereum over to proof of stake in order to reduce the gas, um, in order to reduce the environmental impact. And then step two of that is to make Ethereum more scalable, meaning faster transactions and cheaper transactions. So the merge that's happening uh, September 15th, it's estimated to be September 15th. This is going to move the consensus mechanism, basically meaning how transactions are verified on the Ethereum network. It's moving that consensus mechanism from proof of work, which spends electricity, over to proof of stake, which is a lot more energy efficient. And in order to be a validator, in order to be one of the computers that are verifying those transactions, and earning Ethereum in return for your time spent there, you end up staking, you buy at least 32 Ethereum and you stake it. And if you're not familiar with what staking is, it basically means you lock up your coins and you can't spend them. So they're locked up, meaning you have a, an equity, not quite an equity, but you have a stake in this platform to continue verifying transactions in a true way. And if you try and trick the network and move transactions that are if you try and verify transactions that are false, that the rest of the network does not agree with, you don't get your Ethereum reward for staking those Ethereum coins. So the platform, uh, the blockchain is moving from proof of work over to proof of stake. And that is the first um, main net. There's all these test nets. They've been testing this for years and years. And uh, moving to proof of stake has always been in the plan for Ethereum for over seven years. And they're finally moving this change over to the main net that we use you know, when we interact with OpenSea and use the blockchain to uh, buy, buy, sell, and trade NFTs. So that's just one step of a multi-step process that's moving Ethereum over to this uh, more energy efficient, more cost-effective, and faster network to use. And the, 
the the scalability of the blockchain, meaning cheaper transactions and faster transactions, that move over to mainnet is expected to happen in 2023. So we, we still have a little bit of ways to go. There are no actions required for users. They just, you just hands off, everything will be taken care of for you in, during this transition. If you have Ethereum staked on Coinbase, you know, Coinbase allows you to earn Ethereum in a separate coin called ETH2, um, or at least they label it a separate coin. It is still the same coin. Um, you won't be able to unstake until later um, in 2023, once this whole move has been has been completed. So it's very hands-off. Um, September 15th is when this move is expected to happen. And it's it's another step forward in the Ethereum network. And this has been seven years in the making. So I don't know. Everyone grab your uh, real-life Web3 buddies and have a party during this day. Because <laughs> it really is. like it, It's a big deal for the network. It's probably going to be one of the biggest days in terms of development that we've seen since it was created. Or maybe since NFTs were created with this crowd. You know? <laughs> So do, do you have any thoughts to add on to that? Yeah, I think a lot of the misconception around the merge is actually that it's going to really have like a noticeable impact in your day to day transactions, which I mean, true, truly, it, it really won't in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, it, it, it it's going to very marginally um, increase transaction speed, but um, this isn't going to be something that reduces gas fees. It isn't going to be something that is going to make you know things cheaper for the end consumer. Um, ultimately, this is a move for um, again the consensus consensus mechanism uh, with going from proof of work to proof of stake. Um, so it's that's definitely one of the biggest mis- misconceptions going uh, going around um, about the merge that um, I think is super important to reiterate for people. Um, because I thought, I truly, I thought that it was going to reduce gas fees and it was going to be amazing and it was going to be like no uh, gas fees or anything. But um, it was disappointing. But I also think it's it, it'll definitely be a net good thing um, for the environment and, and all of those uh, wonderful, wonderful things. Ezra, what, what, what else you got here? Yeah, this is a, a big thing because, you know, running the... Um community managing sorry channel managing the twitter and the instagram i've seen a lot of comments on our instagram videos saying why do people care about nfts aren't they ruining the environment and first of all it's not true in the first place but that is the perceived uh consequence of the blockchain they can no longer say that because it really is not going to be true it's going to be at least 99 percent more energy efficient than this proof of work system that we've been using those are the miners um the miners are doing the proof of work. And so it's, it's going to be better for the environment. And I think that's been a hang up for a lot of people. Like people genuinely don't want to use NFTs because they think it really is ruining the environment, which I applaud. Like we should all care about the environment. I take pictures of clouds all the time. <laughs> we need those clouds in those trees. And this new move is going to help with that. So it's, it's always um, interesting to talk with people that uh, have these misconceptions and, and talk with them in a friendly way, not a combative way. And um, this is, I'll, I'll probably be in the comments section after this merge um, telling people, oh, actually, it, it really is pretty environmentally friendly now. So um, that's a little update on the Ethereum merge. We do have an article that we've been referencing quite a bit, actually, on our website. Um, everything you need to know about the Ethereum merge, it does 
lay out a little bit more detail, um, kind of more, uh, yeah, just deeper dive and in, in an explanation in the Ethereum merge. So if you're looking for more of that, um, check that out. We got we got you covered. Written by Alex, uh, Alex Gomez, an OG. Yes. Um, we got drip ballers up here. Let's just uh, let's start the community. Up, we do have a couple more topics, topics, but yeah, let's talk about uh, what you got. What's up, guys? How are you today? Good about you. Doing pretty good. Just chilling at work, trying to avoid working. <laughs> um, I just actually, uh, um, I, I know that um, a lot of the Ethereum talk is happening, but I just wanted to, if I could, turn your attention to the Solana for a minute. Um, speaking of, you know, Web thirty seven, and there's a, a really cool project that I, I found out about um, that was uh, done by Mila Kunis's, uh, I guess, digital studio, and uh, run by a couple people that. Um, used to work as animators for Warner Brothers, but they just uh, struck up a nationwide merch deal with uh, Hot Topic. Hmm. And um, as far as, I mean, I don't know of any dates or anything yet, but as far as I know, they're going to be representing the NFTs on the, um, you know, apparel and whatnot in within Hot Topic stores throughout the U.S. And apparent, uh, as far as I was told, uh, I think it was yesterday, um, they are tying physical purchases of collectibles for the project to an NFT that is uh, tied to like a season one and a half. It's like a cartoon show. And I, th- I just thought it was really, really cool. And, and how, um, you know, this non-top Solana NFT project is is really making big leaps forward in uh, in the space. Yeah, Mila, Mila really is like an OG. Um in the crypto space like i know that ashton kutcher was in ethereum like right around when it launched and so he's mila and ashton have kind of like i'm sure that mila has heard a lot about nfts before getting into it and always has ashton to like lead on when it comes to questions about the nft space and plus they're they're both just like in the culture so much so for them to dip their toes into nfts and align with hot topic and, and they're testing stuff out like on solana like not a lot of large projects that that we talk about every single day and and have longevity are on solana so it's you know this is just another uh, another example of web 2 and web 3 joining together um i wish this came out when i was in high school because i would probably go to hot topic and buy those those pieces of merch (laughs) a little out of my age range now but um no that's good insight that's really good i wrote that down maybe we can um maybe 137 does a, a little tweet about that you, you, no, you talk like you. you're a hundred years old, man. You're what? what are you, you're twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't be hanging with those kids at Hot Topic. It's just not my scene anymore. <laughs> <That's super laughs> As I sit on my porch, get, get your Hot Topic clothes off my lawn. Yeah, oh my god, <laughs> goof. Oh jeez. Oh, um. So yeah, that's uh. No, that's good. I appreciate that. Uh, that story. Um, and we have Hizzy up here too. Long time listener. What up? How's it going? All good, uh, GM. How is everybody? Fantastic. Yourself? Yep. Good, good. Just got off a two-hour space that I was a speaker, so this should be easy. <laughs> You're all warmed, You're warmed up, up, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, back to the regulations. Do you think that'll help on the kind of like the flip side, like with the pseudo swap, where it uh, like it would 
kind of like imagining one radio station not paying, you know, another radio station, whereas, you know, different platforms should agree to the standard or whatever the royalty fees are and stuff like that. This is an interesting topic because NFTs, they have, they go in so many different um, buckets, like for individual creators, you know, we talk about the creator royalties with individual creators. And then people have different ideas when it comes to Bored Ape. It's like, oh, well, why would Bored Ape, why do they deserve, you know, uh, a couple thousand dollars on a royalty? These are non-enforceable. They're more so social constructs than anything. You know, I mean, the pseudo swap tech allows people to to go around the royalty thing. Um, And you brought up something that I've never thought about is like businesses avoiding giving money to other businesses by using pseudo swap. That's something I've never even considered. Um, But I think humans are going to do what humans do and and they're going to choose whether or not to skate those royalties. Um, Is is that what the the last topic that you were talking about or or the last two hour space that you were talking about, talking about uh, creator, creator royalties? No, I was on uh, Grateful. I'm not sure if you know the and Beast. The they're they're from uh, like Australia and like Czech Republic or places like that. They're on the other space. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if this was uh, because this is the first time I've I've thought about that. So honestly, I was like, I mean, what's your what's your view on? Well, okay. So when I try to onboard people, um, I, you know, show them the in real life example of drift and, you know, photographs, cause that's who I am. And, you know, in representation to the people I'm talking to, but then I, uh, I used, um, JK Rawlings and Harry Potter as an example of a corporation and an author, you know, still working together. I think that, you know, we all try to say creators should be independent, but I kind of see it like, uh, now they stay in control. They own the, you know, the, the property more. And so they could do more of a, like a upfront 80% goes to the author and 20% goes to the publisher. But then those 10% royalties we all talk about could be 8% to the author and 2% to the publisher. And now you could imagine Amazon reselling digital books. It could be very, very, you know, it, this is exponential compared to what J.K. Rowling's really got up front and stuff like that. Yeah, this is like, it's it's such a deep rabbit hole. And like, there was a there was a thread actually by punk 65529 about this. Um, and they mentioned that this royalty structure that we have set up in NFTs is kind of like tipping um, in in America and his actually you and I went uh, talked about this on Twitter in the replies. Um, a lot of like local shops and just uh, places that you would tip the server or tip the worker. That's non-enforceable like no one's checking in on you and making sure like hey did you leave a 20 percent tip on this of course some restaurants do automatically do that so that literally is being enforced but still i mean i grew up in a very small town we did not have that just at a local diner and you leave some cash on the table and call it a day like i think the people in my personal ezra fuller my view is you know if you agree to if you buy an nft that has to create a royalty you are writing it you are writing a social contract saying i'm going to pay that when the time comes and and if you avoid that to save a little bit of money like i mean more power to you but that's kind of like choosing not to leave a tip at a at a local diner you know that's that's kind of more on the the person and their morality and and character than um nfts and and the smart contract 
So this, I know, I know that the creator royalty conversation has been like a really big one and there's, there's a lot of really good threads on it as well. So, um, yeah, maybe I should, I should probably tweet that out as well, <laughs> but no, I appreciate, uh, you kind of coming up busy and sharing that. No, thank you for having me up. Like always, <laughs> like always, Nick, do you have uh, any thoughts around creator royalties? Um, yeah, man, they're, um, they're pretty cool. You know, no, but for real, I mean, I think, um, I, I think there's a lot to the conversation. I tr truth be told, I would, I would feel more comfortable talking about it if I did my, you know, homework on like all the different angles and takes. Um, but I will say in theory, a, you know, like, let's just say, yeah, like the, there's this platform that lets you like get around certain royalties and, and what have you. And, and um, yeah, I think that the ha it has some interesting implications and I really think that over the course of the long haul, um, you're going to start seeing uh, creators or even just debt. Yeah. Actually devs really like, start to innovate in and around um, pre preventative measures um, around these uh, digital assets, being able to be only within one certain, certain framework, um, whether it be on an L2 or on something else. Uh, I've heard a lot of chatter about that of, of, you know, L2s are actually going to be really where a lot of the um, consumer action is going to be taking. Um, and, you know, the uh, underlying chain of like, you know, Ethereum, Bitcoin, what, what have you are going to be really just the base layer that eventually people aren't necessarily going to be thinking about as much. And it's going to be all happening on other um, on ramping structures. And you won't have to necessarily like have to think about that as much. Yeah, and it's so tough for like it's basically impossible to actually force people to do the royalty because here's what that looks like: you write a line in the smart contract that says anytime this asset moves wallet moves a wallet, you take a portion of the Ethereum that it was sold for and send it to the creator wallet. Well, what if it wasn't sold? What if it was just sent? Uh, what if it was just a person moving from their hot to cold wallet? There's no basis for you to take that royalty from. And and on the flip side, it's well, what if they did the deal off the table? There's, they might have actually sold it, but you have no idea. It's just a send from one wallet to another, which is how PseudoSwap gets around this creator royalty. They basically just don't honor the line of code that says, hey, pay the creator this percent. So there's no way to actually enforce creator royalties um, in the smart contract alone. So this is, uh, this is a human thing. You know, it, it's not a tech thing. This is a human to human um, person to person construct. And um, yeah, I mean, some artists make art, they, they get the initial drop. And the whole reason that they came to NFTs was because they knew that they would get the continued royalty and they knew every single holder of the NFT. They can look at their wallet address and potentially give them benefits or more NFTs in the future. But artists, some artists are living off of those creator royalties. They're using that as revenue for, you know, housing and like literally to live. So, you know, to, to do that to a, an artist that came here with the promise that they would be able to get continued royalties for the rest of their life 
it just seems like not such a great idea to start saying, oh, well, I can save a little bit of money if I use this platform and, and keep that in my pocket. It's like, is that why we got into the technology in the first place, just to make money? I mean, yes, of course, price is a leading indicator. That's a light bulb thing saying, oh, this is worth this much. This person made that much. Let me look into it. And then you get into these communities and are in a Twitter space with a handful of people talking about creator royalties. And you're like, oh, I actually like this space. But to almost I'll like rip off the artist, it's questionable. I'll, I'll say this is that I think 99% of people that whether they, and I'll usually say this in some sort of manner similar to this, is that, you know, every, every single person, not every single person, but again, very 99% of them have entered into web three with some sort of imagined promise of disproportionate financial return. And like, that's the baseline. Right. And, and I think, um, the sooner that many people come to grips with that and, and acknowledge that and, and really internalize that can't the, the sooner we can start to say, okay, well now we have this infrastructure and, um, you know, money flowing into the system. Well, now let's do some cool stuff with it, right? Let's actually build some interesting uh, things, right? I mean, you know, and, and granted, anything that gets in, invested into a certain group or initiative, right? Usually it has to produce some sort of additional other monetary uh, outcome, you know, on the other side of that. So we have to think, okay, well, like we can do community efforts and, and what have you, right? But at the end of the end of the day, these these organizations that have propped up in and around this this blockchain infrastructure need to, uh, you know, less less uh, they they need to tout less. Hey, community, community, but more so. Hey, look, we are a infrastructure that is currently driven by money that how okay, okay with that in mind what cool things can we build and what things can we do for the greater good his you got something yeah i think uh, you're absolutely right it, it it just shows the the overall greed of what you know a lot of the people are dealing with right now um you know, in the real world, if you try to sell an expensive asset, an auction house is going to take a percent. I mean, and and that's huge compared to, you know, the 10, 12 and a half percent that we're talking about with open CCs or, you know, so it's just it just is real. You know, like you're saying, it just touches on the greed of the individuals that are in here right now. But uh, also, I think it kind of forces us to embrace, you know, like like OpenSea, the platform. Uh, I mean, why wouldn't we, you know. As a creator, you can mint for free, and all you know, all the things are going to make sure and get you, you get your ten percent. So, it's just interesting that it may end up pushing us to a a, a centralized platform in a way. But, and, um, yeah. Well, on top of that, too, I mean, and I want to address this as well is that I actually don't even think it's really a bad thing that people are driven by the money part of it, right? Because, I, and and that's it's a different take because it you know i think it, i think it's completely natural for for people to gravitate towards that because for the longest time the entire narrative of web3 before it was called web3 was the concept in 2017 with with tokens and in all of these like random 
uh, cryptocurrencies popping up out of nowhere, Ezra knows. Like, it's just this whole coin craze, right? It was so fiscally driven. And I think that the base level knowledge of someone that is outside of what's happening in the NFT space is still within the lens of these fiscal assets, these, these things, these charts. They're conceptualizing the entire infrastructure of Web3 through charts and numbers and, and has this gained or lost value, right? And I think that that's something that is, is just going to be a thing for anybody that enters the space, you, you know, with any sort of semblance of base level knowledge of, of markets in general, um, that's just the way it's going to be. And I think that it's not the fault of the person that is entering with that expectation in mind. And maybe some of the people that are choosing to avoid the royalties have gone way too far and invested way too much money where they literally need that thousand dollars so so bad um which is you know caused by a mistake and you know they've just put themselves in that position and hopefully they can get out of that position but um yeah you talking just now nick made me think like hey i mean some people are in there's so many different scenarios that someone could be in to want to avoid the royalty um but if you can afford to pay the royalty and you're not like that's pretty questionable and kind of going against the the original ethos of of web three you know we are all going to make it um except for you who are not getting the royalty <laughs> and and like and like okay what does wag me mean really okay well, it was, without wag me now? Uh, well well it's like you know and and it, it, like where it originated was when we were in, in a complete bull run for for these assets they were just skyrocketing in value and like, okay, like we're going to make it like, okay, like I'm not trashing the term. It's just like, okay, let's be real. Like that's what that is, is, is that this thing is going to pump and this thing's going to go to the moon and it's, we're going to go along for the ride. And that's been the narrative. That's been the thing. And again, the sooner that we can accept that, the sooner we can recognize and put a spotlight on the fact that that's the driver for many in the space, the sooner we can say, okay, with that in mind, with this being a business infrastructure in mind that is fiscally driven, how can we build initiatives that are going to do good? And I think that the sooner you accept that, the sooner you can move on to broader and higher level thinking. I'm I'm getting a clap from from Ezra on on the if camera, I was, here, which is very nice. Thank you. If I was on the soundboard, I would have done the clap thing. But yeah, you have the sound. Just do a clap for that little rant. That oh, was, uh, that okay. I appreciate it. Hold on. <laughs> let me let me let me get scroll over there. Here we go. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> and we got uh, Lisa and Adam Eth doing the applause. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, and we're all gonna make it, right? No, yeah. <laughs> not anymore in this uh, current bear, uh, bear market. No, um, I use it. I use it kind of figuratively too. like, uh, you know, just keep going one foot yeah. step of the other. You know what I mean? We're going to make it if we keep trying, but you're not if you leave kind of stuff, you know? Yep. A hundred percent. And that's that's the culture. You know, that's the, the like hodl came from 
someone literally type mistyping on a, a Reddit form, and then that became a word, and now there's like a vFriend character made out of it. And um, no, it, it is like an ethos, and and I I still believe we're all gonna make it. You know, if we just keep going in this in this bear market, like every time I come on here, we do a community space. Um, I, I just get hyped up because it's like if we continue to pour time into this space, it's going to end up returning um, both in terms of, yes, investment, but also the connections that are made. Um, the, the time spent here in learning and being able to share our ideas in the bear market when a lot of people are, are out, you'll be able to onboard a lot of people when the time is right, when you know the price becomes the leading indicator and they hear, oh, people are making money, now I'm interested, you have my attention. You're You're more able to relate with them and give them good examples of, of your experience and why you personally are excited about this technology. So a hundred percent, Hizzy, like if we just keep going, um, I don't know where we're going. I don't know where we're going to make it to, but we will make it to somewhere <laughs> and I'm sure it will be a good place. Hey, once we get halfway, then, you know, we're already on the way out. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And now we're going to start doing market predictions. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> not at all um awesome yeah i had creator royalties written down as as a topic that we were going to cover so I'm, I'm glad that we did that um i do have one more piece of of friends news also um, by I, the uh, way hey yeah, really quick um web 37 it's a podcast is what you're listening to you should check it out wherever you listen to podcasts it's super wonderful amazing stupendous tremendous check it out web 37 wherever you find your podcasts um also um if you want to participate in the conversation right now, raise your hand. Come on up. Uh, we don't bite, typically. Um, no. <laughs> um, no, but for real, if you want to partake in the conversation, ju just make sure to raise your hand, and uh, we'll bring you right on up in the convo. Um, Ezra, take it away, brother. Um, shout out to the Bubblegum V friend we have, NF Touchdown. You love to see it. You love to see a nice V1. And Dash Crypto 2 with the uh, the Decisive Duck V2. Um, oh, and Nate Dog with the Atom Bob Squad. Atom Bob's like one of my first NFTs that, that I really enjoyed. Bear Anyways, fire. back to the VFriends news. Uh, <laughs> we have Gary and DraftKings are breaking Rainmakers uh, packs tonight at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So they're going to be doing, uh, you know, Rainmakers is via DraftKings. Um Gary Vaynerchuk and Matt Kalish have a podcast together called Props and Drops. I was not paid to say this. I actually listen to every single episode when it comes out because I really enjoy it. And they, uh, Matt Kalish, which owns DraftKings, he's the CEO. He has, uh, their, DraftKings is making a platform called Rainmakers. And it's basically like fantasy football for this upcoming football season with NFTs integrated. So it's kind of like NBA Top Shot where you buy packs and you open them, you hope to get a good hit. And then you kind of align your team um, and, and put your, your fantasy picks together with the NFTs that you own. And then there's like prizes and leagues that you can join. So they're going to be opening up packs tonight at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Um, I'm, I, I don't know. I tried to get the free pack because there was a free pack if, uh, with vFriends, with the vFriends community. I honestly couldn't find it. So I, I kind of missed out. So I'm going to be watching this live stream in, uh, in a bit of spite. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but hopefully they pull something big and I, I want to learn about like the league and how, how it happens. I don't know anything about football, um, so, except for the Detroit Lions and how, how unfortunate of a season that we have every time. But, uh, uh, no, but 
wanted to add that in there because I know that um, a lot of our audience is VFriends members, and that's happening at 9.30. I'm sure that he'll tweet it out on his socials, um, and VFriends tweeted it out as well, so they might have the link to watch that directly. So that's um, that's what we got today, unless anyone wants to come up and, and chat about any recent um, NFT market thoughts. The floor is yours for the next minute or two. Speak now or forever. Baller. Drip baller. There we go. We got drip baller coming up. Thank you, everyone, everyone for joining this uh, loosely structured little NFT community gathering. Um, hopefully, if you've learned anything or if you think that this is valuable, please let us know. Um, and all of the other Web37 podcasts that Nick mentioned earlier, we have interviews with the builders, um, artists, and they're all on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get the podcast. So if you're driving somewhere on a treadmill, um, walking your dog, et cetera, et cetera, um, it's, it's a good place to learn about NFTs and, and Web3 and really get to know the people behind it that are moving this space forward. Drip Ballers, got your hand up. What's going on? Yeah, I just wanted to mention about Rainmakers. So I, I've been involved with the DraftKings and, and um, prior to that autograph uh, NFTs for a little bit now. But um, I wanted to mention this. So if you can't find your uh, free packs uh, in your profile, um, if you're on mobile, so if you if you click on that uh, top left and where you bring up your uh, options to go to different uh, leagues or, or parts of the website, there's an option for um, Rainmakers and then there's a tab for promos, I believe it is. And you should be able to find your free pack or if you are, if you're eligible for the free pack there. Uh, also, uh, it is location. There are location restrictions. I'm in Ontario, Canada, personally. And um, unfortunately, it's not allowing, I, I can't play in any of the, the fantasy football contests or, or, or anything like that. I can still buy, you can still buy the, um, the items and the packs and whatnot, but you can't uh, participate in the uh, fantasy contests. Question. Um you're from, are you from on, on Ontario? Yeah, I live uh, about 30, 45 minutes east of Toronto. So, yeah, well, I'm just curious, like, what got you into American football? Because, like, I know that's, like, the whole, like, <laughs> that's, like, the whole get, the drip ballers, like, the profile picture is American football. Like, what, like, what got you into it? Uh, I've been, uh, my, my dad got me into it when I was really young and I played for about 15 years, um, in leagues around the, the area. And th that's kind of why, uh, I got in, into drip ballers and be became a part, you know, co-founder of it. Um, because we, you know, I do want to uh, be able to give back to the community, my community and whatnot, but I won't go into that here. But, um, my father got me into football and, and I've been big into, um, NFL and and any kind of football really like I really follow a lot of the European leagues and uh, the uh, CFL here in Canada so it's it's so it's just a really fun passion for me. Very cool. Okay. I, I have two follow up questions about football and we'll keep it short. Um, number one, what's your as a Canadian, which team is your favorite NFL team? And and how did you pick that one? If you say uh, Green Bay, I'm going to be a little bit sad. Well, they got they, they got CFL too. Like you know, they got the whole. You know, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I'll, I'll do both. So uh, CFL is, is the Toronto Argonauts. They've been my team forever. I, I played for uh, a farm team for them um, when I was about 18, the Toronto Junior Argonauts. Uh, a couple steps under being recruited for them and unfortunately just didn't uh, pan out. But um, my favorite uh, NFL team would be the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I, I swung back and forth 
uh, for a few teams until I was about 18 or 19. I moved up um, about 20, 24 hours drive north from where I am now. Uh, that's only about 45 minutes from the Minnesota border. And uh, being that close and being able to take in the vibe of the Minnesota fans and, and the, the team in general, that's when I started to become a fan of, of the Vikings specifically. That's totally fair. Uh, that he was, he was, uh, Ezra was making a swinging motion, uh, with his fists. I don't know <laughs> what, what that was about. Um, but <laughs> well, I'm a Detroit lions fan, so we're in the same league uh, or in the same division. So, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, a little bit, not the greatest feelings towards the Vikings, but, um, I did we both still hate the Packers equally. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. We can come together. The only thing that brings rivals together is hating the same thing. <laughs> that's what brings us together as friends. But um, I know we've gone off topic with NFTs, but I do want to say that the Detroit Lions, um, what is it called? Hard Knocks, the TV show that um, shows training camps in the NFL. The Lions are being featured in the Hard Knocks. So you literally get to follow them throughout each and every game. It's like they release a new episode each week, every Tuesday or Wednesday. And it literally follows the story of the last week in the game that they played. So it's like you're literally watching the team and, and are like a part of it. And my hometown, Detroit, I'm not from Detroit, but always in Michigan, the Detroit Lions are being featured. And it makes me feel very cool. And I'm definitely, I'm even going to watch some preseason games is what I've decided. I'm going to, I'm going to watch some preseason third string uh, people play on the football field because of it. So, uh, and maybe I can learn something for next rainmaker season as well and, and learn her, uh, some of these players are. So. Well, that's just going to be a whole bunch of disappointment. Nah. <laughs> what the hell? I'm a yeah. I'm a Pats fan, by the way. So I'm I'm from Boston. So you know I I don't know how you you're feeling for the Patriots, but um, that's my team. So <laughs> it's fine. Totally different divisions. You guys just have won, but now Tom Brady left. Blah blah blah. Like yeah. I said, I don't I don't follow the NFL that much, so I'm I'm not. It's just every single Detroit, every person that's been in Michigan for their whole lives and follows football at all, we are very loyal fans, whether or not you know who any of the players are or if you go to every single game. We just like to see the Lions. And, and, but a lot of us don't like to see the Lions because no season has really been fruitful since their conception. So, But yeah. this year's the year, guys. And I'm going to collect some of the NFTs on Rainmakers. Yes, and... and- <laughs> Yes, let's let's reel it back to you know from the other N acronym you know from NFL to NFTs. Um, <laughs> bring it back here a little bit, um, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, like DraftKings has been an interesting thing in Web three. Um, they've uh, I feel like they they've got a lot of um, just like a lot of juice behind what they're up to overall. Um, it, it's, it's something that I've watched from afar and, and I think, yeah, like DraftKings is just like a very interesting organization that they're, they're up to some cool stuff. Um, I mean, are there, uh, any other like organizations like in maybe even like just sports and web three that stand out to anybody here on stage? I mean, NBA Top Shot got me into NFTs, or it was it was part of me getting my footing in NFTs. But those aren't exactly the same as DraftKings. You know, it's not like Fantasy League. You you uh, with NBA Top Shot, and and they were early to the game too. Like, I want to say like 
early 2021 or, or mid 2020, maybe. Um, I might be getting that timeline a little bit messed up, but NBA was in on it. Um, and then what else? There was one more that I had in mind, but it's slipping my mind right now. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, in sports, it seems like those are the only two really. I mean, NF, uh, NFL all day, that's another, um, platform by Dapper Labs, which made NBA Top Shot. It's, it's part of the highlights thing. And then they're also dipping their toes into the USC as well. Um, so, oh, I remember it, it's not exactly like a company that's innovating, but, uh, we just posted yesterday that the, um, the Texans are accepting Bitcoin for single suite units. So you can buy a single suite, uh, a single game suite to a game in Bitcoin. And I thought that was really interesting because I was like, why is it just single suites? Why isn't it like all the tickets? Well, it's probably because of the, the transaction fees. If you were to buy a $100 um, ticket on Bitcoin, I don't know what the fees are, but it would probably add up to quite a bit for the buyers. But if you're buying a lump sum, a large lump sum, and it costs you $10 in fees for like a $1,000 suite or whatever suites go for, again, I'm not educated on this, um, that makes sense. So another example of, of why we need scaling and cheaper and faster transactions for companies to really adopt and, and accept cryptocurrency into their um, the payments method. Izzy, what do you got? I'm in Houston, and my guess would be is the majority of the suites are already spoken for, and so this one's probably on a game by game basis, and that's probably why it's only one like one time deal. Oh, they're just dipping their toes into it, kind of thing. I mean, that makes sense. That's what every company has done so far that we we've, we've talked about in like one of these hangouts and stuff. It's like they're just slowly getting into it and then uh, taking those learnings and, and moving forward with it. So, no, that's good insight. Yeah, I think um, I think maybe you'll start to see like again to the point I made earlier about L twos is like I think something like you'll start to see you know instead of oh we're gonna offer um, you able to pay in Bitcoin right they'll they'll say hey you're able to pay like using Stacks which is like the L two for Bitcoin right like I I, I think that. And, and apparently like with stats, that's something I've been wanting to learn more about is stacks because I, apparently they have NFTs and stuff. I don't know what it actually looks like in terms of volume and, and activity and what have you, but I think we should definitely like, as a side note, we should definitely do a piece or something on, on stacks because I think that's something that's really interesting. Um, and, I, and I'm excited yeah. to see it develop. Uh, Hizzy, what do you got? I believe the Rockets uh, also take Bitcoin, and that's Tillman Fertitta, and he's one of the largest restaurant owners in the nation too. So you got to understand, just because they're the owners are dipping in this high, high, high end side of it, that they'll be paying attention to the low end regular businesses too. Super agree. All right, Ezra, what do you say? I say we take it home and we enjoy the rest of our Thursday and, um, you know, maybe see some sun, touch some grass, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully take so. Our learnings, take our learnings from this Twitter space. If you have any, first of all, we'd love to hear them. Second of all, meditate on them in the grass and, and really absorb this information that we've received today. Be uh, one with the JPEGs. Be one yes. with the JPEGs. They can't take your JPEGs if you are the JPEGs. And that's something I just made up. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> Appreciate you guys for coming by.
let us know how it was. And if you have anything that, that we, you think that we should cover or talk about, um, whether it's a tweet, uh, an article, a short form video, whatever, we always love feedback. So um, hit us up with that and we will see you next Thursday for our next episode of Web 37. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Make sure to join our live Twitter spaces every week to participate in exclusive Q&As so you can be part of the next episode. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to follow at NFT137 on Twitter. Web 37 is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group original production.